Welcome to church. I'm Stephanie, your Atheist Jezebel. Well, my life is settling down a bit, so you'll be hearing from me as often as I can make it happen. I uh, did record a podcast last week, but then this one fell into my lap and it is so much better. So what you're going to hear is a conversation from the Marco Polo Yaptron group that took place on Tuesday, March 3rd. And if you haven't heard of Marco Polo, it's a fun video chatting app that's kind of like texting in the way that you you send and receive messages without needing to be there live. So so I love it. It's um, It's been a blast. Um, Ray, our newest Yaptron member, starts a conversation about four and a half hours before Nick chimes in. Then you'll hear Kate in her car and eventually me at work until until Ray comes back to catch up. The bulk of the conversation takes place over the course of about three hours or so. And I really only took out the part where Nick was in the shower and he and I were talking about our fabulous hair. So if Ray makes reference to Nick thinking about a mohawk and it doesn't make sense to you, that's on me. All right. Just a couple things before I let you listen to three ex-Pentecostals and a Jezebel. Keep in mind that the following was not a planned podcast. You'll hear Nick's squeaky chair. I think he's chopping something at one point. And, and of course, his phone will, will yell Michael. But, but only once. A slow, slow day for him. If you hear any heavy breathing, that would be Milo, the dog, not Nick. You'll hear a variety of car noises with Ray and Kate, and I'm at work. So sometimes I'll be in a quiet studio and other times not. Enjoy. All right. So a question to toss out there to you guys. Um, So my position uh, is more uh, it, well. It's atheist for sure. Uh, anti anti theist, um, which is which is what I identify uh, with mostly. But my question is something I've been on the fence about a little bit, um, and still uh, I, I'd like to run it by you guys. So does church can church be good in uh, any way for people? I mean, we know it does help people, right? Um, but is that the right type of help that some people need? So let's say, you know, like, um, okay, so if being in the Pentecostal church, uh, a lot of people would come in with uh, different types of, uh, you know, things, struggles that they're going through. Like, let's say, uh, let's, let's just use depression. You know, somebody's depressed and... Um, this is something that you know they've had their whole life or whatever and let's say they come to church at a young age 22 23 and friends of theirs are in the church and they say hey you know uh, you need to dude you need to go to church man you know or or, or you know and uh, get you some Jesus and and Jesus will help you with that depression or whatever so then that person goes feels good does the praise and worship um, to me When I was in the church, I was like, yeah, praise God, praise the Lord. You know, Jesus is is, uh, taking away that depression, breaking those chains. Kate, you remember all that? Um, 
you know, we're going to break those chains and, uh, you know, set you free from bondage and all that stuff. So what I'm on the fence about is, um, is that good? Even though the person, you know, we're using depression, even though the person will uh, all of a sudden, you know, not be depressed anymore, but we know that's only for a certain amount of time. And in the church, if the depression were to come back up again, then who are they going to blame? They're going to blame the devil, right? They're going to say, well, you know, you're in this battle. Now, this is all I have experience with is the Pentecostal church. So the Pentecostal church is really, uh, you know, the fight against Satan. You know, uh, 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 the believers are uh, on God's team and you're in a battle. You're in a spiritual battle. Anything you got going, almost anything you got going uh, on against you is of the enemy, is of the devil, his cohorts, his demons, whatever you want to do. So my question again is, is the church, can the church be good for people, for some people? I'm going to say now that because like when I first got out, I was like, well, you know, if it's helping them and it's uh, and uh, they're feeling fine, then what's the harm in that? But now I'm like, no, no, from an anti-theist position, I'm like, no, because it's like a placebo. It's like you're feeding somebody this fantasy of whatever, you know, uh, uh, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, you know, um, when that person should be seeking professional help, you know, let me know your thoughts. I hope that wasn't too scatterbrained. Um, but, uh, let me know what's up. Hello, Kate. Hello, Stephanie. Hello, Chris. Hello, Ray. Okay. So, I liked your question, Ray. Um, I would definitely call myself an atheist. Um, I guess more in the sense of the new atheism, which I don't really understand, but at the same time, enough to, like, use it to identify as atheist, because I guess old atheism is like, there is no God, whereas the new atheism is like, I'm convinced, or I'm not convinced that there is a God, therefore I'm taking the stance that there is probably no God, um, but open to the evidence, which I guess some people would call agnostic. I really don't care. Um, that, that's my, that's my position. That's my stance is I am not convinced that there is a God, let alone which God, let alone if we should even follow that God, if he does exist or she or they or whatever. Um, so see, um, I know we've talked about it quite a bit. Uh, other shows have talked about it quite a bit. Other people have talked about it quite a bit where, like, once people leave religion and go to atheism or agnosticism, um, there's, like, an angry phase. And I feel like I'm pretty much out of the angry phase now, and it's in that angry phase where I was, like, definitely more anti-theistic. Um, where I was just like, fuck religion. <laughs> um, now I'm like, you know what? <sighs> it's fine. It's fine. I mean, it's not fine, but uh, basically, um, in answer to your question, I was with you 100% until you mentioned uh, depression as the example, because I think churches are great in the sense of like food, food pantries, clothes drives. Um, I know some churches that have even helped people find um, like cars, like minivans and stuff like that for people with kids. You know, they pay some people's bills every now and then. I think that stuff is fantastic. I don't think you should go to the church for any sort of mental health issues. Because <clears throat> um, even if they do end up 
eventually suggesting counseling, they suggest biblical counseling. And biblical counseling is shit. Um, and I know that because I went to biblical counseling. <laughs> um, and you're right. It's all mainly about the fight against Satan and, you know, being righteous and stuff like that. So what do you really do? And you're taking someone with, you know, mental issues, whether it be depression, whether it be severe anxiety, whether it be something more extreme. And you're putting them into a potential, uh, potentially, I, again, I won't say yes or no, it's real or not. Um, potentially a uh, fantasy world where... You're pretty much building up a psychosis, you know, because, um, you know, I, I was raised Pentecostal as well. And, uh, you know, I, I lived with a guy who believed you could literally fight in the spirit world, like at any time. Um, apparently, if you get a tattoo band around like your leg or your arm or whatever, you are no longer able to use that limb in the spirit world to do battle. <laughs> um, I don't understand that. I don't get it. I don't know why that would do anything, but you know what? Whatever. Um. I I see that as a form of psychosis. If you believe that at any point you could just be like, I'm going to go fight a demon. <laughs> um, you know, and believing that all this stuff is around so vividly and so extremely that you're like, I can interact with it. Um, you know, and I know that not all, all Christians think that way. Um, you know, some of them are like, oh shit, you know, um, we just have to pray and have faith and stuff like that. But at the same time, you're believing in a being that... You know, it's all powerful, all knowing and everything, but you're convincing yourself that he's still good and morally right, even though, you know, if we even look at the Bible, we can find many verses and passages where he is doing some terrible things. Um, and, uh, oh, there was something else I wanted to touch on. Oh, like alcoholism. Um, what, the first couple steps are like admitting that there's a higher power or whatever? I think that's bullshit. However, I do know that religion has helped people get out of alcoholism and has helped people get over their drug struggles. At that point, I think it's good. I mean, obviously, it's helping the person. Um, but if the person's out there, you know, abusing their kids, whether it be mentally, emotionally, physically, sexually, um, and all that stuff, because they believe they're head of the household or they're the elders, so they can, you know, say shit to their kids or whatever, um, I think that that's abuse. And abuse of your religion and I don't think the religion should you know I don't think a religion should be an excuse for everything um I wouldn't call myself an anti-theist because again I do see that you know religion is can be good you know it can help people get through their struggles but as far as like mental stuff I don't think you should go to the church for it hey everybody Ray, that is an awesome question, and this is just how, how my phone does things in the car. Sorry. Um, I've actually been thinking about that a lot lately because I don't want to be anti-anything necessarily. I don't want to say that I'm anti-theist or atheist. However, I do have to kind of look at the world objectively, and I can't help but notice <laughs> that... Uh, it seems to me that religion has done a lot more harm than good in the world, and that's, you know, all the way down from just the lower levels of small town churches to, you know, the extremist crap that we see um, on a larger scale. And to Nick's point about um, churches being good for food drives and helping people with their bills but not mental health. I'm not even sure I'm on board with that because
I feel like the food drives and Vacation Bible School and all of that, all it is is a, it's a membership drive. They're trying to get people to come to their church. Um, and when a church is trying to help someone with their mental issues, and I agree, Nick, uh, biblical counseling sucks. It's awful. Uh, first of all, you're not really addressing the core of the problem. Even if you're not going to the counseling, if you're just going to church and listening to the sermons, you're not getting to the core of the problem. The core of the problem is not demons, and prayer is not going to fix it. So, I feel like it's just a, like a little balm on the skin when really you need surgery. <laughs> um, also, if you become dependent on the church to make you feel good about yourself, or to help you with your bills or whatever, I mean, that's creating a false dependency too. So no matter which way I look at it, I can't see that the church is helping a person to be a whole, healthy human being. I just don't see it. So even though I, I don't want to be anti-anything, I can't find a good argument for the church, in the long run, doing good for someone. sense and I think I covered everything I was thinking but I just I'm, and so Ray a little bit more of my background I've been out for uh, eight years now so I think that I'm able to look at things pretty objectively but I will also admit that there was like abuse by the hands of the church so I could still be a little biased but I think I've made a pretty good argument <laughs> so uh, let me know if that made sense. Okay, you guys. Um, Kate, I do agree. Um, definitely on the biblical counseling thing. I think that's terrible. And I don't think that the church can really help with that thing. Because, you know, you're not supposed to be a whole person. You're supposed to be, um, you know, dependent on God and stuff like that. Because, you know, um, what matters, and I've had, I've had Christians just flat out say this to me, what matters is obedience, not thinking, not wondering, not questioning. It's just obedience. That's what God wants from you. And I'm just like, <laughs> fucking terrible, right? But, um, the thing about the membership with the church, I think it really depends on the church. Um, because the church that I get stuff from the food pantry from, um, Harvest Bible Chapel, absolute bad terms with them. <laughs> um, you know, I had conversations with some of the um, small group leaders. I've had conversations with actually the main pastor there. And um, we very strongly disagree. Um, they tried to get me into biblical counseling there to help me with my issues, with my gender struggles and my homosexuality struggles, even though like I've only slept with like three guys in my entire life. <laughs> um, but actually that doesn't, I guess that's, that's, that's the wrong point. It's the women that I'm sleeping with that is the problem because they still think I'm a girl um <clears throat> anyway uh so I had huge issues with them um but I'm still allowed to go to their food pantry I'm still allowed to get things from them um they made it clear that I can come back and ask them if I need anything else which why would I ask them for anything else but I, I mean I do take their food <laughs> I do take their food and like you know it's not the best quality but you know beggars can't be choosers um you know, it's something that's for free, and I actually end up going, uh, 
whenever I want to, I go with the lady that goes to church there um, that I've been friends with for years, um, which is very interesting because they, the the main pastor knows that I'm transgender and we had our issues. But the thing is, the people that run the food pantry don't know that. So they actually called the woman that takes me to church um, there to get the food to tell her that she can no longer come by herself with me because I'm a man and she's a woman and we're not married, which means we can't be alone together. So she needs to bring her husband or she needs to bring a female along with her because for some reason a man and two females is fine. But I know, I mean, that's fine biblically too, you know, a man and a woman and another woman and another woman and another woman and a bunch of concubines. <laughs> anyway, that's not the point. Um, but she's been not really listening to that. She listened to that the first couple times that we went after that, but now she'll be like, eh, whatever, whatever. So I think that that's fascinating that that's what she's like. Um, she also did not out me to the people that ran the food pantry. She was just like, I've known Nick for years. He's like, he's like my nephew or my son. And I'm like, yeah, this is my mom. Chill. <laughs> um, but they didn't care. Um, but as far as like, uh, so as far as things like that, I really, really think it depends on the church, whether they'll help you or not, because they should help either way. They should. Um, but as far as like the mental stuff, yeah, no, definitely don't. Don't go to them for that because, you know, they, they believe things and they let their beliefs get in the way of, um, of their, you know, science and counseling. I was listening to The Atheist Experience, was, or maybe it was Talk Heathen. I was listening to one of those podcasts, I think last week's episodes, um, so not yesterday's or a couple days ago, like the week before, um, where they touched on this and they touched on how... Like, there are people going to, like, this university and they're getting licenses and counseling and, you know, being um, therapists and stuff like that. But they are allowed to let their beliefs get in the way and they're taught how to, like, you know, teach people their beliefs while giving therapy when the American Association for, like, Psychology or whatever the fuck it's called is actually strictly against doing that. Um, but for some reason they're getting their licenses and how dangerous that can be. Um, and... Um, like you were saying, Kate, you were out of, you've been out of this for about eight years. You think you can see things objectively? Um, I've only been out of it for like a year and a half, maybe two. Because um, it wasn't last Thanksgiving, but the Thanksgiving before was the first time I actually told someone I wasn't a Christian. And that, I remember that because I was like, what did I just say? I'm going to get shot by lightning or something like that. I'm going to get hit by a car. Something's going to happen to me. So far, I'm still here. But. Um, I've been trying to see things objectively and I've been trying to notice also in my own life how maybe I have been stunted in my maturity, in my growth, in just being a human being, a 25-year-old guy. Um, and uh, I was talking with my sister a couple days ago and we were discussing masturbation and how, you know, um, I've learned by, you know, listening to things like secular sexuality, which I don't really care for. Um, but, you know, and then doing my own research, uh, working at Lover's Lane, that masturbation is actually, you know, pretty healthy for you, and there's nothing wrong with it. Um, and it's a very, it's very good for stress relief. Um, just, a, you know, just those little tidbits. But um, as we were talking about it, and she was telling me the things that, you know, how our dad was very super against uh, that kind of shit. She told me um, some things that I remember the woman that takes me to the food pantry um, told me because... I've known her since I was 12, 
and um, she used to be one of the small group leaders at youth group. So we've known each other for a long time, and we talked about a lot of things, including masturbation. And I realized just last week um, the kind of things that she said to me. And because I didn't talk to my parents about masturbation or anything like that, I talked to her. And I am horrified at the things that I remember. And I understand where a lot of my guilt now comes from. And, um, you know, and the thing is, I know that I can't even talk to her about it because she'll just agree with her old self when I'm just kind of like, you really fucked me up. <laughs> um, I still, like, like Luke was saying, you know, he didn't have a guilt-free orgasm until after he was married, I don't, or maybe even after he was divorced, I don't quite remember. But it's been, uh, you know, it, even when he was biblically doing it correctly, there was still guilt, you know, and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, me being out of religion, you know, most of the time, when I masturbate, it's fine. But there are still some times when I'm just like, oh my fucking god, I feel so bad. Um, I feel guilty and stuff like that. And I always wonder why, you know, and I thought maybe it's because I was just told masturbation was a sin. But I remembered all this shit now from this woman that I was told about masturbation and like how seriously it's kind of fucked me up. And um, I don't think kids should be taught that <laughs> at all. Um, you know, uh, my siblings never had a health class because they went to a Christian school. And they don't know anything, and it's terrifying. Um, it really is. Um, you know, they are taught things like condoms are a sin. That's why you don't have sex until marriage. This, that, the other thing. And uh, so, like, there's a whole bunch of different things when it comes to, like, mental health or, like, actual health health that I don't think you should go to the church about for any reason. Um, but, you know, some smaller things. I mean, I guess it doesn't hurt to be like, yo, can I, like, get some food from the food pantry or, like... Here's my application. I'm poor shit. Help me. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, and yes, I do think it depends on the church, whether or not they're going to help you. But I mean, I think any church that actually cares about people should definitely fucking help you. So, um, Nick, I wanted to touch on what you said about... Um psychologists who are like going into counseling and using that to basically spread their belief system so there is an organization called recovering from religion and they are pulling together a list of secular therapists like basically they certify that they are not going to try to use um, any kind of religion in their counseling with you in fact they kind of understand the shoot there's a name for it religious trauma syndrome, I think. Um, so they kind of have an understanding of how that manifests and what people need uh, when they're deconverting or whatever. Um, so I think it's great that they are pulling together this list, but the problem is, how is a person who's just figuring out how to leave a church going to know to find this place or this list or this organization? I don't know. But they do a pretty good job of like doing... Um, meetups or like some kind of group in, in most cities. I'm on their Instagram and they post stuff like all the time. And they've, I'm sure they've had one in every state. And they even did like a, um, a retreat for people who are working through deconversion or whatever words you want to use. Anyway, I think it's a pretty cool resource. Um, I think Luke did an interview with, uh, it was Tim Rymel who wrote uh, Rethinking Everything, 
and another one about being a pastor who came out of the closet. But I don't remember the name of the book. I don't remember what that is. Going Gay? I don't know. <clears throat> anyway, um, yeah, secular therapists. I think that the American Association for Psychology, or whatever you're saying, should, like, there needs to be some kind of standard set, <laughs> because that's just not okay. Same for um, some schools, like in the South, well, I guess anywhere. The schools are basically run by parents, right? Whatever the parents allow, they're gonna do. So I know a lot of Southern schools will, they'll, they'll teach evolution like, well, you know, we have to cover this in a lesson, but you don't have to believe it if you don't want to. And just talk to your mom and dad about it. Same thing with like sex ed. Um, I actually went to some, I don't know what they were, like lawmaking sessions in Austin, Texas about sex education and what could and could not be in the curriculum. And there were a lot of abstinence only people in there. Like don't teach them how to use condoms, don't teach them how the reproductive system works, just say don't do it which is a terrible idea, but apparently Texas is for that. And Chris can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Texas sets the standard for textbooks for the nation because they buy the most textbooks, and then it's cheaper for other schools to then purchase those that are printed in the largest volume. I don't know. Fact check me, Chris. I might be wrong. Okay, I'm almost at my boys' school, so I don't know how much longer I will be poloing. But, um, this has been fun. Ooh, how interesting. Um, that would be very interesting to know if, uh, everyone buys their shit from Texas. I, and, yeah, it's Texas. They can be their own mini country. They've got so many fucking people. Um, well, if you ask someone who lives in Texas, they are their own country. Um, but here's, here's an interesting thing. Um, all the people in Texas who are like, oh, abstinence only, this, that, the other thing, um, I find it so fascinating that people are like, don't teach kids anything, like, wouldn't you at least want your kid to know how to use at least a condom? <laughs> at least a condom. Um, you know, stuff like that, because, like, I remember being a kid going to a Christian school from 12th to 9th grade, I had this horrible dream last night. Some stupid reason I still had to go to CLA even though I was a graduate. Like, I'd already finished high school and stuff like that, but for some reason I was forced to go there for one more year, and I was like, that's it. I'm going to really fuck shit up while I'm here. <laughs> um, but anyway, back to the main point, because I remember being there, and like, it was the same deal. You can't, they wouldn't know anything, but I remember thinking that I couldn't even buy condoms until I was 18. And I don't know if that was what they told us, or if that's what, um, you know, so, like, don't even have sex, because you can't even get protection and stuff like that, when, like, in reality, that's not the case. Like, you know, um, public schools, my health teacher gave us condoms. You know, she was like, I have condoms in my desk. If you need them, please ask. I, you know, we won't say anything, we won't do shit, but, like, please fucking take them. You know what? How about this? I'll leave them in a bowl back here. You can just come in during passing period. No one's in. Grab them. Just go. Just please have condoms. Um... Like, at the very least, that. Um, and I think it's very knowledgeable to know how it works. I mean, granted, when I was 16, I didn't really care. But, like, looking back on it now, I'm like, that was important shit, man. Um, 
yeah, but the, it's, it's, it's just crazy. And I, I don't understand how people are like, I want my child to be so unprepared. Because, like, what happens when they, you know, do have sex? My siblings have no idea what to do when it comes to sex. Um, you know, and what, one of them is still a virgin and plans to marry her boyfriend in about three years, which, you know, you know, doubtful that that's going to be the case, but whatever. Um, but if they don't have sex before they're married, and I'm strongly encouraging it, and I told her it's obviously her choice, her decision, her body, I strongly encourage that they fuck before they, you know, get married. I strongly suggest they live together before they get married. Um... So I told her, you know, it's your body, it's your choice, whatever, but, like, you want to know things ahead of time. Because what happens when you get married and you have no idea what you're doing? And they have no idea what they're doing. The sex is going to suck, it's going to get bad, and if you refuse to talk to people because it's a private matter and it's only between you guys and God, God's not going to answer your sex questions for you. He's not going to be like, no, no, you're, you're supposed to do it this way or you're supposed to do it that way. Or actually, did you know you can get more pleasure if you do it this way? this that the other thing um that's important shit to know and i'm trying to educate them on sex stuff um you know like uh the number one thing i was blown away by was that it actually isn't supposed to hurt the first time first couple times that the woman has sex that you know if there's enough stimulation and stuff like that there shouldn't be pain there shouldn't be blood and i was like holy fuck and i was like are you sure because all i've heard is these kind of stories and this that and the person i was talking to about it was like well yeah that's because you were raised religious and all they did was rape their women and i was like oh boy it's also interesting nick that um in states like texas where it's abstinence only taught the uh, teenage pregnancy rates tend to be rather high <laughs> Could there be a correlation? I don't know. And I hadn't really thought about what you said about it not supposed to, you know, it's not supposed to hurt, there's not supposed to be blood, but I think there's a thing in the Old Testament where, like, on the wedding night, uh, the family's, like, waiting outside while they do it for the first time, and they all celebrate when he comes out holding sheets with blood on it. That's pretty, um, yeah, that's pretty awful. Yeah, sex is a lot more fun outside of uh, religion, I must say. With, you know, a partner who actually cares. <laughs> also, like, things like BDSM and stuff like that. I know that's not everyone's cup of tea, but, like, it is mine. <laughs> and, um... I remember I was talking to my brother about it, and we were watching a show that, you know, just made a joke about it, and he was like, oh, that's disgusting. And I'm like, what, the joke? And he's like, no, BDSM. Oh, why is it disgusting? Because it glorifies abusive relationships. No. <laughs> um, no, that, that's not true. What, what are you talking about? Oh, well, you know, um, the, he just he just abuses his girlfriend, and that's called BDSM, and people accept that. No, um, there are very strict rules when it comes to BDSM. And he's like, well, you know, they told us, you know, that if anyone... Uh, ever wants to have a BDSM relationship, don't do it because that, that's just code for abuse. And I'm like, mm, typically in a BDSM relationship, there's a, su there's a sub and a dom. Dom's supposed to be the dominant, the sub's supposed to be submissive. But in reality, the submissive has way more control and power than the dom because she or he, whoever's the sub, is the one that can say no. 
or use their safe word or be like, no, that's not cool. I don't want to do that. And the dom's supposed to listen to that. There's supposed to be very strict rules that they follow. Safe, sane, and um, consensual. Those are the those are the things. Um, if, if you both are consenting, do whatever the fuck you want. Um, if the five of you are consenting, do whatever the fuck you want. You want to have a big gay orgy um, or, you know, a big, you know, tie-up party. doesn't matter. Everyone has to consent and, you know... There can't be abuse. As soon as someone says no and the other person continues, it's rape or it's abuse. And uh, so we tried to touch on that. And he just looked like that blew his mind up. And um, it's just amazing how it's like, it's not even just where we refuse to teach our kids things about sex, things about different kinds of relationships, things about homosexuality. We are just giving misinformation. I made it. Okay. Wow, this would make a great podcast. So, I don't know. I might have to think about that and then ask everyone's permission if I could figure out how to do it. This would be a very cool conversation. I love it. Ray, the short answer to your question of is church helpful and good for people? Um, no. The thing that it can offer is a meeting place for community we can do that that's what i want to work towards whether it's just video or not i don't care we should be able to connect with other humans outside of religious bullshit and you know what nick i nick uh, i'm gonna say it was actually ray that said strictly anti-theist i think i would probably I would fall closer to that than I am just a plain old agnostic atheist. But but I understand where they're coming from because they just don't know. You've all been there. You just didn't know. And now now you do. So so or at least you can stop and think about it. So scary shit about that, you know, it's like the sex stuff is dumb. You know what? Jesus, you don't need Jesus to take care of you. The Jesus placebo is great about the uh, depression thing. That's absolutely true. The Jesus placebo. Yeah, it works for a while till it doesn't. But placebos do work. That's why they keep getting people. And also, you got to realize it's you doing this work. It's not, you know, it's there's a take control of your own life feeling that I have. So that's, you know... <laughs> I don't know. I'm not I'm not sure where it comes from that people don't feel confident, is that the right word? To take control of their own life or they won't accept that they did it. You know, it's like it's like everything you see where they glory to God, but not, you know, hey, why why'd you give my neighbor cancer? That wasn't cool. Why'd you make all those deer run across the street in front of Nick? Actually that was a very cool video. <laughs> but <laughs> maybe that was a good thing. As long as you don't run them over, it's a good thing. But yeah, um, hmm. This is fascinating. I like it. I actually just saw a thread on Facebook, um, and then I came here to talk to Kate because I just got so angry, and I was like, I can't even respond. I can't even respond because it'll just be mean. (laughs) Um, But it was like, if God really exists, then why can't he cure the coronavirus and shit like that, blah, blah, blah. You know, is he evil or is he just not real? And someone commented saying, oh, well, why can't the smart scientists cure coronavirus? Do they not exist or are they just useless and not smart? You know, maybe God is using this as a tool to, like, make us think about these things and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, death is just a part of life and God can't intervene with that, blah, yada, yada, yada. So, you know, maybe God is using this 
as a way to teach us about him. So, you know, isn't that a better way to look at it? And I was just like, um, I'm sorry. You're justifying that God is allowing something to kill thousands of people just to have us think, hmm, maybe God is real because he's allowing this shit to happen. I don't get it. I don't understand. I, I was just like, this person's an idiot. But we make these justifications, you know, why did, why did God give Joe cancer? Well, you know, Joe had to learn a lesson. Um, Joe had to learn how to be humble. Joe had to learn how to, you know, give everything to God. And then when Joe does all his chemo and goes to church and does all his doctor visits and prays and, you know, takes all the medications, all of a sudden Joe is cured and prays Jesus. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, uh, I think, okay, well, I think if I were to respond on that thread, it would just say, seriously? Question mark, question mark, exclamation point, question mark. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that, that if God was to send a coronavirus, it was either to kill all the beer drinkers or it was probably, you know, like all the other plagues and stuff he sends to get rid of all the gay and trans people, Nick. I thought you knew that. That's not, that's what they do. They're supposed to, we're, we're thin in the herd. We're getting rid of, we're getting rid of the people that can't, can't follow God's word. Right? And I am not in those thousands of people that have got the coronavirus yet. Maybe it's because I haven't been drinking Corona recently. I'm ashamed to my Mexican ancestry. <laughs> Gotta start drinking those Coronas more often. <laughs> but you know, Modelo's are where it's at. But yeah, no, um, I like how people, people are like, ah, God is angry at the gay and trans people. So that's why he's punishing these people. But gay and trans people are okay. And um, it's just crazy. Um, and uh, I think another thing was, uh, I saw another post where it said something like, oh, this lady saw a man who didn't have enough money to buy gas at the gas station, so she paid for his, like, tank to be get filled up. And when he thanked her, she said that, like, you know, God is good and God told her to do it, basically. And, um, you know, the article was like, oh, what a blessing, yada, yada, yada. And I was just kind of like, you see, I would be both grateful. Because I did comment on this. I was like, I would be grateful if someone was like, hey, I see that you're only putting like $5 in your tank. Let me help you out. Um, but if they said the second part, I would be like, ah. Because, and I, and I said, I don't understand why people feel the need to, you know, do a good act out of the kindness of their own heart and then credit something that they don't even know or can prove is real. Um, why can't you just be a good person helping your fellow human being out? And everyone, like, went fucking mental with that. They're like, God is real, and God is this, and, you know, blah, 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 and how dare you, this, that. And I'm like, well, my point was, God doesn't have to make you a good person. You can be a good person without God. So if you, if you see someone struggling and you decide to help them because you are a good person, why should you credit that to God? And everyone was just like... Well, you know, can you imagine how shitty people would be without God? I'm like, that is literally my fucking point, is that you don't need God to be good. And they're like, no, you don't need God to be good, but good works don't get you into heaven. And I'm like, so you're only doing this to get into heaven. That is where we have the issue. Um, 
obviously you're not being good just for the sake of being good. You're doing good to appease this thing that you don't know is real. And they're like, God is real. Okay, but answer the question. You're doing this thing to appease God, not to just help your fellow human being. And they're like, no, God lays it on our heart to be good and blah, blah, blah. And of course you can do good shit without God, but those works are in vain. And I'm like, ah. see, I think it's more genuine for someone to be like, hey, I see you're struggling. I see you. I'll help you. Versus, you know what? I want to go to heaven. And I feel like I should help this person because God will be happy with me then for it. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, people should just be able to do good. And, you know, it, it's not even it's not even about getting credit. It is, are they afraid to take credit for doing good? So glory to God kind of crap. Um, yeah, this is all so confusing to me. I mean, I, I, I get always stuck on the even just God is good. I mean, how... How can you say that? How can you say that? Look around. Look around. Are you sure? <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, oh, wow. It's, that's so confusing to me. I mean, I help people all the time. And now, now I'm starting to feel like I'm not going to help anybody unless I'm wearing an atheist T-shirt. That way, they'll know it has nothing to do with God. <laughs> uh, but then I am kind of um, a rebel like that. But that, you know. I help people all the time. I think everyone should help people. It's not hard. It's not hard to be nice. I forgot what podcast I heard it on, but I liked it a lot. Someone said, um, what matters is man's relation to man. And I was like, ooh, that's good, because that's how we get places. That's how we progress. That's how we evolve. Um, not depending on a god. Um, cause that, that's what it does. It does make you depend on him, the church, everything, all that crazy shit. Cause like, you know, like Kate was saying, you know, it's, uh, you know, they don't make you a complete person. And, you know, with depression and shit like that, you know, the placebo effect, you know, cause you know, that's only good for a short period of time. Granted, that's the same for like therapy and things like that. But the difference is therapy and well, real therapy and, um, people that are actually trying to help you are trying to help you help yourself in a way, like give you, help you understand what's going on with your own brain with your own thoughts and help you get the tools you need to help yourself in those low points and stuff like that whereas the church is like ah oh, just come and you know pretend your problems are going away and um come back when you feel shitty again because like there have been times and, and you know i like i like i said recently um earlier in the polos that you know sometimes i do struggle with it and i'm just like ah oh, god um because like there, like I think last time maybe a couple months ago, I was having a really bad depression spout, and I it was like 2 a.m. and I'm like, man, I wish church was open right now, because I would probably just go to church. And I'm thinking to myself, why? Why would I fucking do that? What's gonna happen there? Nothing. I'm just gonna feel shitty at church, and um, especially now because now that I've have all these different perspectives, I can't go to church and see it the same way as I did when I was younger. Um, it's not a hopeful place anymore. It's not a good place anymore. It's a place where people tell very ignorant things from the podium, where people are angry about human rights um, just because they don't agree with them, where people um, have that, you know, shitty phrase of love the sinner but hate the sin, where it's like, yeah, 
I don't have to like a person if they are into pedophilia, but at the same time, if they're going to therapy for it, and they've never touched a kid, and they do everything they can to stay away from kids, and to keep them, and to try to get an actual, like, consenting relationship with an adult, and they're actually doing their best to, like, fight their urges, of course I'll love them, um, but that's a huge difference between you're gay, or, you know, something like, oh, you drink on weekends. Well, because, like, um, my, my siblings and I, we're planning on hopefully moving together, most of us, if not all of us. And, um, Abby wants to bring her boyfriend, Nate. Um, but Nate has said that if it's all of us, he'll move in with us. If it's just me and her, or if it's me, her, and Mandy, he doesn't want to move with us because I drink and I smoke pot and I smoke cigarettes. So clearly, I'm an addict. I'm a very dysfunctional human being who just does all this crazy shit. And I'm like, well, if that's how he feels about it, without with him only meeting me like twice in my entire fucking life, if that's how he feels about it, then you know what? He doesn't have to move in right away. If he wants to later, we can talk about it. But he has to understand. And he can come over and watch and stuff like that. Um, yes, I drink. Um, most of the time, I will get tipsy. I will not get drunk, though. Or I'll have, like, a drink or two. It'll be fun. And yes, I smoke. I smoke, like, a pinch at a time, though. I'm not the person that has six bongs going at once with, you know, um, uh, lots of blunts and, you know, has it all over the house. And so I'm very, um, personal with that stuff. You know, I have it, uh, I actually have it in my fucking closet. It's not even out and about in my room. It is actually in my closet. Sorry, my closet's a mess. It's a big storage area. And, um, this is actually what's on my jar. Because, for me, it's a very good antidepressant. And, um, I use it more as a self-medicating thing. Um, I'm very private with my usage. I go outside, I smoke, come back inside, and that's it. It's very nice. Um, you know, I don't do it inside the house. And so we went through a whole bunch of things, and, you know, she's telling her boyfriend this stuff, but he's all like, no, he's, he's doing drugs, and he's drinking all the time. And that makes me sad, because, you know, religious people, they see that, you know, people are like, yeah, I drink, or yeah, I smoke pot, and suddenly, you're an addict. And... It's just a really sad perspective because that's what they're taught to believe and they don't understand how how you can't not be like that, how you can use it responsibly. Um, you know, he's actually very big on them not having sex before marriage and I'm just like, ah, oh, you're a fucking idiot. Um, he's very big on them, on, uh, on her because apparently he has no desire to, but he's very big on her not drinking where she's expressed interest in trying it like wine she hasn't she doesn't want to try beer she doesn't want to try whiskey or anything like that but she's like you know sometimes i want to try some wine and he got he gets mad at her like yells at her and he's like you shouldn't even think about doing that until you're 21 you shouldn't want to do that and it's like um i'll bet you a million dollars right now million dollars that i don't have that's why i'm that confident that he wants to have sex he's just feeling really guilty about wanting to Oh, Nick. <laughs> wait, wait. There are people that only drink on the weekend? Do they know there are five other days of the week? <laughs> okay.
All right, that aside. Yeah, just because you do those things doesn't mean you abuse those things. Premarital sex? I can't even imagine getting married without, yeah, no. But mm, what if it goes terribly wrong and you're like, oh, oh my God, annulment, quick, quick, get me out of this. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh, wow. I don't know. How long do you have after you get married to be like, oh, this is clearly not progressing in a good direction. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. I don't th I think the only place I've said this on was my fade to grade divorce interview where future ex, Mr. Religious, right? We met, had a one night stand, the one night he didn't pray before he went out. <laughs> but then there was a period of abstinence after, I don't know, maybe a week or so. And then it kind of progressed into the everything but stage before we ended up married. <laughs> So, okay, um, now now my, my thinking is more like, can't we just do it and then see if we want to get to know each other? Um, and then, you know, because if that part works out, then, you know, I'm probably going to be on board if, if I like you and all, you know, but let's, let's just, you know, test drive, quick test drive. <laughs> that's, that's really terrible. That's really terrible coming from an old lady. I think that it's a very good idea because, you know, like I, like I said, I've been trying to not convince her, but, you know, try to get her to think about, like, you know, you want to know before you get married and stuff like that. Because, um, like, I've had sex with some people and I'm just like, ah, oh, God, I would not be able to do this again. <laughs> um, uh, the last time I was with a girl, she was fine. She was fun. But at the same time, like, I left the apartment going, like, I feel good because, you know, I had just gotten through a breakup. Um, I was just feeling very uh, not wanted, and uh, she definitely liked me. She definitely wanted to, but it was definitely after I left her house. I was just like, I don't want to be with her. I did not like her personality. I liked her body. I liked having fun with her, but I did not like her. I thought that she came off because I hung out with her about three, four times before we actually like fooled around. But I thought that she came off pretty racist. Um, I thought that she didn't have the best values and the, all the stories she told me about her exes, it's tended to end with her cheating on them. So I was like, I don't even want to get into that. Um, so it's like, yeah, but you know, at the same time, you know, I saw her, I hung out with her and afterwards I was just like, eh, eh, I just feel good because I got the satisfaction. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I can't imagine, like, you know, if I had just been dating her and then for some reason I was like, oh, let's get married. Because, like, oh, my fuck, I will never get married again. Um, I think that's bullshit. But I am trying to convince my sister that, you know, maybe she should think about that because what if he's terrible? <laughs> what if she's terrible? What if they have no idea what they like and they don't even, like, value their sex life with each other? to the point where they want to have sex what if it's only for procreation like how shitty would that be how terrible would that be um and at the same time the whole procreation thing like please have sex with your boyfriend and use condoms if he becomes your husband use condoms get birth control throw that shit in your arm i don't care just um just do it <laughs> and like uh oh fuck what was i gonna touch on there was something you said i can't remember what it was was it about drinking on the weekend? 
I don't know. I don't think so. Um, I don't know. I'm sure it'll come to me eventually. But I have to hop in the shower because I have a friend coming by in like 10 minutes. Um, so I have to jump in the shower. And it's okay because that'll give Ray a chance to catch up. Right, Ray started all this, so Ray needs to catch up. Um, <laughs> okay. What 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 strikes me? What, what I thought immediately, Nick, when you said, um, "Okay, I really liked her body and I had fun." Right, have fun. But then it's like no go on the rest of the deal. My issue. Okay, I think that's fine. Yeah, a little fun, and you're like, eh. But my issue with the puritanical side is that. You, you know, you're supposed to feel bad about yourself then. You're supposed to feel bad about yourself for having fun. And, and then, you know, I, I think it's some sort of a demerit. <laughs> I think they have words for girls for that. I don't think they call the guys anything, but you know, whatever, it's cool. I don't care. So yeah, I mean, if it doesn't work out, you move on. Next, eventually you find the whole package. Yes. <laughs> my god you guys are freaking awesome um i was catching up the whole time man it was just like uh, a lot uh, i mean it was really good listening to um i'm probably gonna go back and and uh come back in splices uh with different comments because there was just a lot to remember uh, a lot to have to remember. Uh, one of the uh, uh, most recent ones right now is when Nick, Nick, you're cracking me up, is he's talking about the Mohawk. And then just for a second, he says, I really don't want to be the one. Well, I guess I have to be the one to maintain it. That was fucking hilarious. Um, so anyway, uh, you do have my thumbs up, Steph, for... Um, doing a podcast on this thing in any any uh, 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 way you want to do that. Uh, so Kate was talking about, and Nick was talking about earlier, we started off with, uh, is the church a good thing, a bad thing? Can it be good? Does it have good, uh, are there good areas of it? And, um, you know, uh, Kate touched on something about, um, you know, these food drives and these Bible, uh, these uh, 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 summer Bible camps and all that are designed to bring you into the church. And uh, most definitely I have experience with that. Uh, the church that I was at, we did a, uh, I think it was in the summer. I can't remember what, what uh, season, uh, but it was, um, I think it was for a particular season, whatever, fall. I think it might have been fall. But anyway, so we would have this food drive and we would have, we would hand out food to the people that were in need. And there was a lot of people in the community that were in need. And um, our church, uh, this congregation housed, I believe, maybe 300 people. And, um, the food drives that we had, we were getting donations from a local food bank. Uh, one of the things that I did not like is that the food wasn't all that great. And I'm there handing out food and looking at what's uh, what's available going, damn, you know. But hey, you know, the people were very grateful. Uh, so going back to uh, the membership part of it or using that as a draw to bring you in. We had a line from the front door of the church all the way around the building. So the food that we had set up was in the parking lot on the side of the building. 
So before you got to that part to get the food, we brought in that line of people, um, 200 at a time, whatever the, whatever, whatever the number was, it might have been 100 at a time, and they actually sat through a praise and worship session and a preaching from the pastor. So they were in church for about, I'm going to say 30 minutes maybe. Uh, so it was real quick, you know. Um, but they had to sit through that and an altar call before they went out to get some food. Did not like that. Did not like that. Um, you know, that was towards the latter part of me coming out. I think had that happened um, maybe, let's say, five years before, ten years before when I was really in it, I would have been going, praise the Lord, praise Jesus. Yeah, bring them in. Let's preach the gospel to them. That's what we're here for, to preach the gospel. Um, but then you start learning you start seeing what's going on, and, and it really is to get congregants. It really is to get people into the church, you know. Um, we would have people breaking down, crying, um, uh, just because they were so thankful to get something. And then you would minister to them, you know. Well, you know, let's lay hands on them, and let's, let's pray over them. And, you know, they're obviously in an emotional state right now. Um, let's get them. That was never, I, I say that jokingly because that was never, um, you know, like, oh, let's go get them like that. But what they are doing, they are doing that in a sense because um, that's what you do, right? You want, you want people to come into your church and you want people to experience what it is you're experiencing. The love of God, the freedom, the uh, being exposed to the truth, and you want that for everybody. So when you're under the spell, as I call it... Because when I say that I came out, how, you know, um, what made you come out? It was a process of just, you know, that that spell, that fog spell lifting and and uh, and rethinking things is is uh, how I describe it. Um, so I definitely um, maintain the anti-religion, the anti-theist position. Although Kate did say. Um, that she didn't want to be anti-anything. Uh, but I think everybody's anti-something. I mean, look at Steph. She's anti-sugar. She said it herself. She's like, oh, my God. I can't believe Ray used so much sugar in his coffee. Okay, so you guys know I'm, you guys know I'm fucking around, right? Um, let's see. I am going to go back, and I am going to uh, listen again and pop in with some comments. So you're going to see me coming in. I'm going to be a little spliced up uh, here and there. But I love you guys. I think this was great. Uh, it definitely was um, It definitely was interesting. It was definitely a good discussion. And I like how it went, how it just grew, and it just grew into this, these other topics, which was, which was awesome. Yeah, so, again, the Pentecostal background is where I'm from. Uh, so, in that Pentecostal church, which is uh, Nick's from there, 
actually we're all we're all from there right uh even uh, uh steph you guys were in that pentecostal um uh belief as well so there's always a battle with a good and good you know good and evil the devil versus god and all this stuff and then so what i was getting at i just used depression as a, as an example um because you know, oh, you got that demon of you, you got that demon of depression. You got that demon of anxiety. Come out in the name of Jesus. I bind you, you filthy spirit. I bind that demon of anxiety and and doubt and blah 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 blah. You know, these are people that are being told that uh, Satan has a hold on them in some shape or form. And not only that, but that they're responsible for that. They did something to open the door to that. So now we need to close it. We need to uh, evict this filthy demon in Jesus' name. Uh, and then so it's stuff like that is what I mean by, you know, is the church doing good? You know, like I said, I was on the fence, and I, I just don't see it. Uh, Nick, I mean, I agree with you that there's good things that can be done. But then we also have to take into consideration, you know, what Kate said about, uh, but there are uh, um, um, ulterior motives, if you will. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that's why I put myself in the anti uh, uh anti-religion category anti-theist uh, because it has held back humanity it has uh, I mean look at it even today when we have a government here in the United States where uh, you know the vice president or somebody of belief uh, will say something like, you know, I got to pray on it. Well, what does that mean? Because, I mean, I understood that when I was in the church. I'm going to pray on it because I, I said it. I've said, it. I'm going to pray on that, brother. I'm going to see what the Lord says, uh, you know, what, how the Lord wants to guide me. I will, I will definitely pray on that. So what you do, what do you do? You go into a meditative state, you pray, and you think you hear from God, but you're just hearing yourself. So put that into government when... Uh, you know, I'll give you a worst case scenario. President says, I'm going to pray on bombing uh, so-and-so. Well, the Lord told me to, the Lord told me to push the button. No, the Lord didn't tell you to push the button. You done told yourself to push the button. That's what I mean. Stuff like that about, you know, religion. I'm out, but I'll be back. Hey, Steph, I see you here. What's up? How you doing? Biblical counseling. Yeah, Kate hit it right on the head. It does suck. Um, you have a pastor who, depending on the size of the church, would be in charge of uh, such counseling uh, uh, um uh, incidents, if you will, or whatever. I'm sorry, my son's coming out right now. In fact, you know what? I'll, I'm going to come right back. My son's out. Oh, okay. So that's a lot. 
It's hard for me to keep up while I'm supposed to be working. But, all right, the talk about the food drives and the having to listen to a sermon and an altar call and all of that just reminds me of the South Park episode with uh, Sally Struthers and Starf and Marvin. <laughs> uh, it's a great one. I love it. Um, Oh, boy. What else did you say? You say a lot of things, Ray, and then I lose track, you know, because it's a lot of stuff to remember. Hmm. I'll think about it. Okay, so what I was getting at was um, the uh, biblical therapy, if you will, uh, because, you know, uh, again, it would be the past pastor handling it. Uh, uh, or, uh, yeah, handling it depending on the size of the church. Uh, if the church is big, you know, he can only handle so much, so he's going to appoint assistant pastors. He's going to appoint other people. Well, these people don't have any training in terms of any kind of uh, um, psychology training or whatever. It's all biblical based. It's all like, you know, well, let's, uh, let's open up our. Well, first, you're going to start off in prayer. Right? You're going to ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. So, again, it's that thing of just uh, biblical, biblical, biblical. And then when you're in the church, you eat it up. I mean, you know, it's like, uh, you know, the pastor counseled me and he, he told me to, um, you know, that he showed me showed me scripture where I was wrong in uh, how I'm dealing with my, with my partner, uh, yada, yada. No, it's not a professional thing. Uh, a lot of these people end up getting hurt uh, because something fails, and then what are they told? You either don't have enough faith. Did you pray? Did you hear from the Lord? You guys ever hear that one? Did you hear from the Lord? Did you hear from the Lord? Because I don't think that was the Lord. You need to watch who you're listening to because that could be the other guy, the one that's down there. You know what I mean? Okay, yes, it was the biblical therapy nonsense. <laughs> so, future ex, future ex, whenever he would want to get, you know, he wanted to get marriage counseling. The first time, the first time I dealt with the, uh, someone with a Christian background, was not at a church. So he was at least had a license and everything. But, um, and he actually said, I think the, the only takeaway I got was that was you should be more like Stephanie. So, cool. <laughs> Consider that a win. The next time, I said, I will not go to anybody that's a Christian counselor. And he's like, oh, why not? And of course you would want to because, you know, it's all about the Lord's way. It's all about God and the Bible and living a biblical life. So, um, yeah, I said, no, they won't go at all. So we found a secular therapist recommended by a free thinker friend of his. Yay. <laughs> um, and she was cool. And she said, well, you know, if you stop going, you're going to end up divorced. And I'm like, well, well, yep, she was right. Look at that. Oh, my God. I think she's a prophet. I think she's a prophet, a secular prophet. Pretty cool, huh? Oh, and then there's. I lost it. Oh, and that's what's going to make this a great podcast. <laughs> BDSM. I'm gonna pass on that one, but it lets you know where I at, where I'm at in the review process. Wasn't that fun? All right.
There are still some details for me to work out in the takeover of the Your Atheist Pastor Empire, mainly involving the Patreon page where you can support this podcast. That's where you're going to be able to join the Yaptron Marco Polo group. And wait for it. The big news. All of the past episodes with the original Your Atheist Pastor himself, Luke King, will be made available on Patreon. So there's more to come on that. But in the meantime, if you haven't heard of the Yappers, our private Facebook group, check that out. You'll find everyone you heard today in that group. Thank you all for listening. And a big thanks to Ray, Nick, and Kate for giving me their blessing to air our conversation. Stay godless, everybody. <laughs>